your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 320 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And really kind of a strange game for the Rangers here tonight. They win 8-3. Obviously, another huge night for Mika Zibanejad, a big night for Ryan Strom, a huge night for Adam Fox. Igor Shesterkin makes his triumphant return to the Ranger lineup. Definitely did not look like a guy who had not played hockey in three weeks, but that was indeed the case. I had to double check to see exactly how long Igor Shesterkin had been out. He was injured in the March 4th game against the New Jersey Devils. So yes, it actually was exactly three weeks to the day since the last time Igor Shesterkin played. And again, you know, you take a look at the uh, the final score of this game, you see that the Rangers won 8-3, to and you figure like, okay, well, you know, probably a pretty easy night for Igor or really anyone who was in net for the Rangers or any other team that wins 8-3. to But that was not the case. Igor had to make some big, big saves for the Rangers in this game. He stops 41 of 44 shots in his return to the lineup. And in all honesty, I mean, yes, the Rangers obviously dominated the first period. They dominated the first couple minutes of the second period. I wouldn't say that this game was quite as lopsided as the final score would suggest because there were pretty sizable chunks in this game where the Flyers were actually playing better hockey than the Rangers were, uh, namely the final 15 minutes of that second period there. But... I think, obviously, the difference here was goaltending because you look at what Igor Shesterkin did, and as we just mentioned, 41 of 44 saves, really some tough saves in some big spots for the Rangers in this game. And then you look at the other side of the ice, and Carter Hart, who's basically just been a mess this year. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't really know how else to say it. He's got a goals against average near four. It might be over four after what the Rangers just did to him. Uh, Hart allowing five goals on just 11 shots before he got yanked out of the game in favor of Brian Elliott. And Brian Elliott gave up a good amount of goals as well. I guess that would have been, let's see, three goals that Brian Elliott gave up in, uh, you know, less than two periods of play there. So, you know, the Flyers, they're really struggling in net and the Rangers are getting outstanding goalie play as of late. And Igor Shesterkin continued that trend here tonight. I think, uh, you know, Keith Kincaid and Alex Georgiev, they really have to be commended for the job that they did in Igor Shesterkin's absence. It was obviously a, a tough pill to swallow, losing Igor Shesterkin for three weeks, as the Rangers did. But for the most part, Georgiev and, and Kincaid, they played well, especially in the more recent part of Igor Shesterkin's absence. They held down the fort, and now the guy that I think a lot of us believe is going to be the franchise goalie is back in action. And another reason this was kind of a weird game is... You know, the Rangers go up 6 nothing, and that's great. They kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit, and we heard the announcers and the analysts talk about this a little bit. It's kind of hard to stay razor sharp when you've got a 6 nothing lead and it's only early in the second period. But at that point, it was like all of a sudden the Flyers, who entered tonight's game on a three-game losing streak, one of those losses was in overtime, but still a three-game losing streak, all of a sudden they were down 6 nothing, and they're like, all right, guys, let's go. Who's ready to play some hockey? And they 
basically skated circles around the Rangers for the rest of the second period there. They get two goals. They get back into the game. But this is another instance where Igor Shesterkin came up huge because the Rangers were taking penalties left and right at the end of the second period. And in fact, the Flyers had just scored on a power play just a couple of moments earlier. Uh, they get another power play opportunity. And Igor Shesterkin really made a, a tough, tough save through traffic and uh, was able to get on top of the puck and prevent the Flyers from potentially banging the uh, rebound home. If they had scored there at 6-3 to three and you know going into the third period, you're up 6 nothing. Now it's 6-3. to it's starting to feel a little bit dicey at that point. And um, even in the third period, you know, the Rangers, they caught a little bit of a break, it must be said, because, again, it's 6-2 to at this point. The Flyers are on the power play, and it certainly looked like Pavel Buchnevic shot the puck over the glass and out of play, which would have been, if it was called properly, would have been a delay of game against the Rangers, would have given the Flyers a 5-on-3. Instead... That does not happen. It's still just a five-on-four. There's a face-off. Buchnevich steals the puck. It's a two-on-one going up the ice, and uh, the Rangers end up scoring a goal. Pavel Buchnevich himself scores that goal from a really tough angle off of a pass from Adam Fox and, uh, you know, gives the Rangers a little bit of breathing or makes it 7-2. The Flyers cut it down to 7-3 not too long after that. And I'll be honest here, guys. I can't remember the last time I watched a hockey game where my team was up 7-3, and it wasn't really feeling like a very comfortable lead. I mean, you never know for sure. No lead is insurmountable, especially in today's NHL. But for the most part, if your team's up by four goals, you're feeling pretty good. You feel like you have control of the game. And uh, I'm telling you, man, that that clock could not expire fast enough in the third period uh, because, you know, the Flyers kind of got to jump on the Rangers a little bit. But you know what? The bottom line is the Rangers won this game 8-3. to And the last time they played the Flyers, they beat them 9 to nothing. So the Rangers have clearly had their number recently. Uh, the fact that they went up 6 to nothing in this game, that gave the Rangers 15 consecutive goals scored against the Flyers. Uh, between the 9 nothing win that the Rangers had against the Flyers and the start of tonight's game. So, you know, we're just scratching the surface here. We we talked about Shesterkin, obviously, but I've barely even mentioned Mika Zibanejad so far. We still got to get into uh, his big night. We got to talk about Adam Fox. We got to talk about Ryan Strom. All these guys just having monster nights for the New York Rangers. And uh, we're going to get into all that in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Bet online offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so who wants to talk about Mika Zibanejad? I think it's about time we talk about Mika Zibanejad a little bit here. You know, just another six-point night, no big deal. Three goals and three assists. This is the second time in about a week where he, playing this very same Philadelphia Flyers team, burns them for six points. And in both games, it was three goals and three assists. In both games, Mika Zibanejad picked up the natural hat trick. And unfortunately, he didn't get the natural assist trick or whatever it's called when a player assists on three consecutive goals. I think natural assist trick works. He got that in the last game against the Flyers. And of course, in that game, all six of his points came in one period, the second period. In this game, he spread it out a little bit more. He had an assist in the first period. He also had a goal 
in the first period. He ends up also getting two more goals in the second period to complete his natural hat trick. He gets another assist in the second period, and then he adds a an assist in the third period as well. But something that I think might be the uh, most encouraging, most positive sign about Mika Zibanejad getting these six points and, you know, the, the natural hat trick, you know, other than the fact that, of course, he just scored six points. That's crazy. Just another remarkable performance here. But I think it's the fact that on two of his goals, the, the final two to be exact, he buried one-timers. And this is something that we saw him do so often last year. He was absolutely lethal. Didn't even really matter where he was shooting from. He was lethal from all different corners of the ice. If he had a chance to wind back and unleash a slap shot and let a one-timer go, there was a very good chance he was going to score on that. And that's something especially early in the season when Mika Zibanejad was basically uh, just struggling to score any kind of goal, uh, that one-timer that's so lethal that we've seen him convert on so often, especially last season, but really throughout his entire Ranger tenure, that had really been missing from his arsenal, but he found it in this game big time, and he's scored on a couple of those recently. But yeah, we might as well just go ahead and go through all three of the goals that he scored here. I mean, it is a natural hat trick after all. So, you know, getting late in the uh, first period, not that late, there were probably about six or seven minutes to go at that point, but the Rangers are on the power play. They're already up two to nothing. And Adam Fox, Ryan Strom, a little bit of pitch and catch at the blue line. And then Fox winds up, blasts a shot through traffic. Mika Zibanejad is in front. He deflects the puck home. That's his first goal of the night. And then, as we were just talking about, these two lethal one-timers from Mika Zibanejad. So there's another one. Once again, Fox gets the primary assist, and Strom gets the secondary assist. This happens uh, less than a minute into the second period, and it gives the Rangers a 4 to nothing lead. But basically, Fox pass in deep. Mika wound back, let it fly, and uh, beat... Carter Hart and gave the Rangers a four to nothing lead. And then a little bit later, just barely over a minute later, another one-timer for Mika Zibanejad. And it's funny because the Rangers were back on the power play again here. And he had a chance at a one-timer. And this time he kind of fanned on it. I mean, he didn't totally fan on it, but he shanked it a little bit. Didn't get all of his shot. Was not able to convert. But then less than 10 seconds later, the Rangers worked the puck back to Mika Zibanejad. And this time, Adam Fox gets the secondary assist. Ryan Strom gets the primary assist. And Strom uh, dishes to his left to Mika Zibanejad in the slot. And this time, Mika didn't miss it. Got pretty much all of his slap shot on that one and uh, beat Carter Hart and knocked Hart out of the game, making the score 5 to nothing at that point. But it was also interesting just to note that uh, Adam Fox and Ryan Strom, both of them pick up an assist on all three of Mika Zibanejad's goals. So obviously uh, that trio was clicking in this game. And, uh, you know, we might as well just transition right into one of them, one or the other. How about we go with uh, Adam Fox here? A new career high, five assists. What else can you say about this guy? I mean, he's just an absolutely phenomenal hockey player. He brings his A game every single night. He sees the ice so well. And one of these, I don't think we need to go through all five of his assists. Otherwise, we're just going to be sitting here talking about the goals for this entire episode. But I do want to point to the first goal that the Rangers scored in this game because his vision, his ice vision, was just on full display here. So basically... This is a goal that was scored by Ryan Strom. Once again, it opened the scoring. But Adam Fox, he picked up the secondary assist here. He set the whole thing in motion. He gets to the blue line, uh, gains entry, but he slows down a little bit. And he lets everybody kind of make their move to the net. He really has probably three different options as far as who could he could pass to in this instance, or he could even take the shot himself. But he lets the play develop, and then he passes across the ice right on the money to Artemi Panarin, and Panarin plays the puck into the crease, and Strom tips it home. So uh, that made the score one to nothing, and the Rangers were obviously off and rolling at that point. But Adam Fox, I mean, just the vision that he displayed on that, you can't teach that. I mean, he, it, it's just 
pure hockey instincts. And it's just so great to see uh, Adam Fox just continuing to become uh, one of the true superstar defensemen in this league. One other play that Adam Fox made, because we could talk about the points and the goals that the Rangers scored all night, but I actually wanted to point to a defensive play that Adam Fox made. And this happened near the end of the first period. Of course, the Rangers are up three to nothing at this point, and they're once again operating on the power play. Now, Fox with a rare miscue. He actually turned the puck over, and it leads to a shorthanded break for the Flyers, a two-on-one. But what have we talked about here on this show so often? It's how good Adam Fox is at defending the two-on-one break. He is as good or better as any defenseman in the league. I don't even feel like I have to look at any tape from any other defenseman. I can't imagine there's anybody who consistently plays the two-on-one as well as Adam Fox does. And he did it again here. I mean, the Flyers go in two-on-one. He takes away the pass, which is your primary objective if you're a defenseman in that play. Because you at least want the goalie to be one-on-one with the shooter and not have to worry about a pass or a give-and-go or anything like that. But he takes away the pass first and foremost, and it's looking like the Flyer is going to shoot the puck instead. And what does Fox do? He doesn't, like, you know, get in the way or deflect the puck into the court. No, he just straight-up steals the puck. Steals the puck right away from him, skates out of the zone, and, uh, you know, leads the charge back into the flyer zone at that point. So even when Fox makes a rare miscue, he gets back on the 2-on-1, defends it perfectly, and takes the puck away and and skates away with it. Just unbelievable. And, uh, you know, Adam Fox, again, if he isn't one of the absolute best defensemen in this league at this point, then I must be missing some other defensemen. I, I must have to tune into some other... Uh, games and, and see some other defensemen in action. Somebody who was absolutely snubbed, not at least being a finalist for the Rookie of the Year last year. I know we've talked about that before, but I think it bears repeating when you see a performance like this from Adam Fox. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Go to BuiltBar.com or to at Built Bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. I think we also got to give some props to Ryan Strom, do we not? I mean, he played another fantastic game in this one against the Flyers, a goal and three assists. We've actually already talked about all four of the goals that he contributed to because we talked about Mika Zibanejad's hat trick. Strom had an assist on all three of those. And we talked about Adam Fox's big night and specifically the first goal of the evening in which Fox picked up a secondary assist on a goal scored by Ryan Strom. So we already know about all the goals, all the assists. Something else that I think really stood out from Ryan Strom in this game, man, he brought the fight tonight. I mean, he went into this game just looking for a war, it looked like. And and you don't necessarily expect that from Ryan Strom. Not that he's the kind of guy to back down or anything like that. But as far as, like, if you look at this Ranger roster and, okay, who's going to be the most noticeable? Who's going to be getting involved in scraps after almost every whistle? I mean, you might think about somebody like Brandon Smith. And, and granted, Brandon Smith got into a fight in this game. We'll talk about that in just a second as well. Uh, you'll probably think about somebody like Brandon Lemieux. Lemieux, I guess, got into a fight, but really it was just he was jumped by Moran. We'll talk about that in a second as well. Um, You know, and some other guys, you know, maybe somebody like Jacob Truba, maybe somebody like Ryan Lindgren might get involved in, in some extracurriculars after the whistle. Maybe somebody like Kevin Rooney. You don't necessarily expect it to be Ryan Strome, but it was. Uh, there was a shift early in this game. And there is a play stoppage, and Strom really got into it with uh, Claude Giroux and, you know, just kind of pushing and shoving each other a little bit. But that kind of just set the tone. I mean, every time there was a whistle in this game, if Ryan Strom was on the ice, it looked like he was mixing it up with somebody on the Flyers. And, you know, if you're the Rangers, it's 
a big-time rivalry game to begin with. It's Rangers-Flyers. There's a good chance that fireworks are going to fly on any given night, and you got to kind of expect that if you're the Rangers coming into this game, given the fact that you just completely humiliated this team the last time you played them. You you beat them nine to nothing. So you got to figure the Flyers, they're in a bad mood from that. They're in a bad mood from having lost three consecutive games. And certainly when the Rangers took a six nothing lead early in the second period, now they're in a really bad mood. And you just get the feeling that it's going to get nasty down the stretch. And, you know, indeed there was some pushing and shoving. There was some uh, fisticuffs as well. But kudos to Ryan Strome for really sticking his nose in there and uh, maybe playing with a little bit more of an edge than a lot of people uh, believe that he's capable of playing with because that was on full display in this game here tonight. But I also want to talk about some of the other extracurriculars. So we had a fight between Brendan Smith and... Nicholas Abi Kubel of the Philadelphia Flyers. It was two to nothing Rangers in the first period, and a little bit of a dust up in front of the Ranger net. Smith wasn't going to let his uh, his opponent get anywhere near his goalie there, so he kind of knocked Abi Kubel to the ice. And uh, next thing you know, the gloves are off and they're fighting. Uh, not too crazy here. They end up kind of falling to the ice before anybody could really land any haymakers. But uh, yeah, that was the first fight of the night. And then this, I got to talk about this one, the one between Brendan Smith and. Samuel Morin. And Morin was involved in a lot of extracurriculars after the whistle all night. Some things that bordered on, uh, you know, crossing the line, I would say. And in this one here, there's a play stoppage in front of, I believe, the Flyers net. Yeah, it was the Flyers net in the third period. It's getting really late. We're kind of into garbage time at this point. I believe the score, it was either 7-3 to three or 8-3. to three. It was one or the other. But the bottom line is the play stops, there's a whistle, and Morin, out of nowhere, just kind of attacks Brian Lemieux and drops his gloves long before Brian Lemieux did. And, you know, Lemieux didn't even realize he was in a fight, and he's basically getting punched in the head before he can even get his gloves off almost. And not only that, but as they're going to the ice, Morin grabs a handful of Lemieux's hair and is, like, tugging him down to the ice and continues to do so as they're both laying on the ice. I mean, what are you, seven years old? Now, you know what? I'm giving that's that's too cruel to seven-year-olds. Seven-year-olds are better than that. But whatever this was... I think Morin needs to face uh, some discipline from the league for this. I mean, he he pulled his hair. He pulled the guy's hair. It's ridiculous. We'll see if the uh, league steps in or anything like that. But the bottom line, all these extracurriculars, all the nastiness between the Rangers and Flyers that you expect in the first place and the fact that it's just been amplified by the fact that the Rangers have now embarrassed the Flyers for two straight games. Uh, Saturday's afternoon game between the Rangers and Flyers, the puck drops at 1 p.m. Yeah, that's going to be very, very interesting. Now, on one hand, It's a huge game for both teams because they are now tied for fifth place in the Eastern Division. That's something that kind of gets lost in all the excitement of Igor Shesterkin returning and Mika Zibanejad having another six-point night and Adam Fox having five assists and Ryan Strome with a four-point night and all the fighting going on. These teams are now tied in the standings, so... It's a big game. Maybe there won't be as many extracurriculars as we think because both teams realize how critical it is and how important it is for them to come out of that game with two points. But if it gets lopsided in one direction or the other, I I think it could get really, really nasty on Saturday. We'll obviously keep our eye on that. I don't even know what to expect from that game. Uh, We'll we'll see. If you're the Flyers, I mean, who do you start in net? Both goalies have been terrible. And I think that going into the season, you know, if you look at some of the better goaltending tandems in hockey, I would have said the Flyers were pretty high up there because you have a young goalie in Carter Hart that I think he obviously played very well last season. And it seems like, you know, he's getting acclimated to the NHL and he'd have a pretty good encore this year, but that has not been the case. And Brian Elliott, I mean, coming into the year, I would have said he was probably one of the best number two goalies in hockey, but he hasn't been very good either. So, I mean, if you're the Rangers, keep putting the puck at the net. That's the best thing I can say here. Just keep peppering the goalies because uh, they're not coming up with the saves right now. And that's something that has done a complete 180 for the Rangers from where they were at the start of the season to where they are now. At the start of the season, 
like so many players on the Rangers, Igor Shesterkin and Alex Georgiev were struggling. You know, they just could not find their footing. Uh, they could not put their best foot forward. Too many soft goals getting past them. And on the flip side of that, every goalie that the Rangers went up against, it seemed like, had their A game or their A-plus game, whether it was somebody who you expect to be very good or just a random backup journeyman. Every goalie that the Rangers faced early in the season seemed to have his A game anytime that they played the Rangers. But that has kind of done a bit of a 180 lately because all of a sudden the Rangers have three goalies. You could put any one of these guys on the ice and you're going to feel pretty good about it right now if you're a Ranger fan, whether it's Igor or Georgie or Kincaid. And on the flip side again, the opposing goalies that the Rangers are going up against have not really been that great. I mean, the, the Capitals goalies, I thought both played pretty well, but the Rangers are scoring some goals and, uh, you know, these goalies are not coming up with the saves. So, it's really done a complete 180, and it's obviously very nice to see if you're a Ranger fan that the Rangers, of course, capturing their third straight win in this game here against the Flyers. And I mentioned that this win for the Rangers actually tied them with the Flyers for fifth place in the Eastern Division. They both now have identical records of 15, 13, and 4. But just to kind of build on that and just to kind of look at the big picture here, the Boston Bruins have slipped all the way to fourth place. They have a record of 16, 8, and 5. That is good for 37 points. The Rangers have 34 points. So the Rangers are just three points out of the playoffs. Now, it must be said, of course, that the Bruins do have three games in hand on the New York Rangers. They had some postponements recently. So yeah, I mean, it's at least possible that they win a couple of those games and they can create a little bit of distance between themselves and the Rangers, but the Rangers are right there and we saw them get hot in the second half of last season. It could happen again this year. Uh, fingers crossed, obviously, that the Rangers keep rolling, but it must be said the Rangers are playing their best hockey of the season. And the big difference right now is that all the Ranger big-time players are playing like Ranger big-time players. And you can go case by case here. You look at uh, let's start with Artemi Panarin. You know, Panarin at the start of the season, his points were there. I mean, through six or seven games, he was basically at about a point per game, but he wasn't taking over games the way that he's capable of taking over games, the way that we saw him take over games last season. And it's funny because that's Artemi Panarin's version of a slump, right? Like he just kind of hovers around a point per game and just doesn't completely dominate. But he's obviously found his footing. I mean, he's back to being Panarin, as we all knew he would be. Uh, you look at Mika Zibanejad, his struggles were... Very well documented early in the season, and, and really it lasted a lot longer than I thought any of us ever thought that it would. But you look at what he's done recently, and all of a sudden, you know, he's back. His his numbers don't look so bad because he's been on this torrid stretch here. The last five games, again, seven goals and eight assists for Mika Zibanejad. So 15 points in his last five games, three points per night. And it's funny, you know, we made the same uh, joke when Chris Kreider when he was on fire not too long ago, he had two hat tricks in a relatively short amount of time. But hey, you know, you get a couple of hat tricks and all of a sudden your season outlook uh, changes quite a bit. And that's obviously what's happened here with Mika Zibanejad. It's just awesome to see him finally uh, playing the way he's capable of playing for this New York Ranger team. But to continue kind of building on this, Ryan Strom is another one. He really struggled out of the starting blocks this season. And, you know, you start to, that, that thought starts to creep in a little bit. I mean, I know it was a small sample size, but you do start to wonder a little bit, like, man, was he just kind of a one-year wonder? I mean, I was hopeful that that was not the case. And overall, I, I definitely thought eventually he would get it rolling. But, man, has he been good. And, and the biggest thing that Ryan Strom has done for this team is he picked up the slack when other guys were struggling. When Chris Kreider was struggling when Mika Zibanejad certainly was struggling, and when Artemi Panarin was out of the lineup for a couple of weeks there, that's when Ryan Strom was really playing his best hockey. So that was huge for the Rangers, and uh, obviously Strom has picked it up from where he was at the start of the season for this team. And you can also look at Pavel Buchnevich, and it's interesting with Buchnevich because he was one of the few Ranger players that actually got off to a really nice start this season. He cooled off a little bit for, for a brief amount of time there, but, I mean, we're getting back to... Buchnevich is on fire. I mean, it's every night this guy is on the score sheet 
getting multiple points, making things happen. Even tonight, he scored two goals, and you barely noticed it because so many other players uh, just lit up the score sheet. I mean, that's what happens when your line mate gets six points. I mean, I guess you just kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit, but another big-time game for Pavel Buchnevich in this one. Again, he did get a little bit of a break there where he didn't get called for the penalty for shooting the puck out of play, but you know what? Who cares? He's earned those breaks with his strong play this season. Something else that I feel like is pretty important to highlight here is the simple fact that the uh, Rangers went three for five on the power play tonight. And we've talked about, you know, at times the power play has struggled this season. Obviously, they're not scoring goals at the same success rate as they did last season. But three for five, and all three of those goals, again, came from Mika Zibanejad. So nice to see the power play click a little bit. They also score the uh, Pavel Buchnevich shorthanded goal. So a pretty nice night for the Rangers special teams units, although it also must be said that the Flyers ended up going two for three on the main advantage. And it's funny because it seems like the Flyers, they're the only team in hockey that can figure out the Ranger penalty kill. And they kind of did that tonight as well, even though it was a game where they ended up losing uh, by a score of 8-3. to three. And the other stat that just jumps off the page for you, and I realized the Flyers had more shots in this game than the Rangers. I didn't realize by it was by this great of a margin, though. But the Flyers outshot the Rangers 44-22. to 22. And so when I said in the intro that goaltending was the difference, yeah, look no further than that stat because the Flyers doubled them up. They got twice as many shots on goal, and yet they lose the game 8-3. to three. The Rangers score on more than a third of their shots, and the Flyers can't solve Igor Shesterkin, or at least they couldn't for the most part. And just a couple of closing thoughts here. I mean, if you're the Rangers, don't take your foot off the gas on Saturday. Just bury this team all over again. You've obviously completely dominated uh, the last two games. I mean, I shouldn't say this was complete domination. The final score would certainly indicate that it was. Uh, to me, the biggest difference in this game was goaltending and then also uh, just massive offensive nights for Zibanejad, Fox, and Strom. But yeah, I mean, this team is, the Flyers are reeling right now and, and they look shaken. They look very frustrated out there. That's probably why they were starting so much trouble with the Rangers toward the end of this game. But you've completely dominated this team two games in a row. And if you're not a Flyer fan, and I assume most people listening to this are not, you can enjoy the Flyers' struggles all the more simply by the fact that the Rangers did this to them. They seem to really just be in a tailspin ever since that 9 to nothing loss. And so, yeah, if you're the Rangers, again, foot on the gas, come out strong on Saturday. Don't be satisfied just getting a split against this team. You win on Saturday, you take over sole possession of fifth place in this Eastern Division. The Flyers dropped into sixth place, and hopefully you just leave them there. You leave them in your rearview mirror. The Flyers never catch up. I'm not going to say that's impossible. It's not like the Flyers are completely incapable of turning this thing around at some point, but if you're the Rangers, I think uh, it'd be great to move up into fifth place, and you've still got almost half the season to go, and you've got four teams. You only have to track down one of them, and if you do that, you're in the playoffs. Simple as that. So let's go ahead, come out, get another win on Saturday. Really looking forward to that. Something else that I'm really looking forward to, and it's something that we're definitely going to talk about on this podcast, are the NWHL semifinals and finals that are forthcoming. The semifinals will be on Friday, back-to-back. You've got Boston against Toronto at 5 o'clock, and then at 8 o'clock, you've got Minnesota against Connecticut. And then the championship game will be played the following day on Saturday at 7 p.m. All three of these games are going to be happening at the Warrior Ice Arena. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's well-deserved that it's going to be on TV, and I'm just looking forward to it. It's I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but the Connecticut Whale, uh, they play in the same town that I live in. They play five minutes from where I live. So go Connecticut, and uh, just looking forward to watching what should be uh, three very interesting, very uh, highly competitive games here. And we'll see if the Whale can bring home a championship to Danbury.
But that's going to do it for today, guys. We will see about possibly doing another episode on Sunday rather than Monday. Uh, we've been doing that a bit recently, and I think it makes sense this weekend as well. No guarantees, but I think it just makes sense when you consider the fact that the Rangers have a game on Saturday and another game on Sunday. And then also we're going to be talking about these NWHL games as well. So there's going to be a lot to do, and I just think it makes sense to uh, get out a new episode on Sunday. So that's the way I'm leaning right now, but uh, we'll keep you guys posted there. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.